2nd of October. I'm recording this so that I'd listen to it. I don't know why I decided that just now. And I'm recording it through my Bose quiet comfort headphones because that's the most convenient way to do it right now. I was home almost all day. I did hot yoga again today and two days ago. So on Wednesday. I thought it was pretty great, you know, considering my my injury. It's a type of exercise that really gets you stretched out, builds your core, and like there's a lot of times where you sit on your tummy and then raise yourself up so that your back, lower back is engaged. So it, it engages your balance, your muscles, in an interesting way, I think. Uh, I think I almost fainted today too. Then I decided not to, you know, I actually just sat down for a second, breathed. Instructor was really hot, to be honest. And what's hot about her was like, just how healthy, you know, I like like when a woman exudes healthiness or health. And I find that very, very, very nice. Um, and like there's me that's, you know, falling between being healthy and being unhealthy. I want to be clean, but then sometimes I just feel dirty, like especially if I smoke a joint. <sighs> like today was weird, man, the last two, three hours. At some point I decided, I don't know when it happened exactly, it's happened a few times this week, where I just got just super bored. I don't want to play, I don't want to write, I don't want anything. I just wanted to go out and do something, find something to do. But like, what am I supposed to go out and do, you know? Just go out and sit somewhere and read. That was my intention this morning. And then you go into this hole of, you know, trying to find someone to do something with and, uh, and you know, waiting for a reply or anything like that. So it leaves you in a distracted state, which just isn't good for anybody. Now that I'm doing this, I feel more, more in tune, definitely. Uh, but I think it's mainly because I'm... The last two weeks or three weeks, I've been at home since I left Isidore. And uh, being at home all the time, mixing your patterns up, you know, tends to happen. Where you don't sleep well or you don't even eat well because you're in, in this, like, virtual space that exists within the grander space. And I definitely felt out of tune with the city. And how do I get back in tune with the city? How do I get back in tune with myself? Like, in, and like, I had this feeling back in quarantine where like I had three really good days and then three bad days and then three good days and three bad days. So this reminds me a bit of that. Uh, going out and doing anything really is better than just staying home. And uh, when you do come home from coming out, it's like the time you're at home, you actually spend in a more meaningful way. So that's the question I'm asking myself right now. It's like the goal is I'm a writer, I'm a writer, I'm a writer. I'm doing these two workshops, right? The deep reading one and fiction. Uh, the fiction one, honestly, I have to admit, I don't feel like I'm getting much use from, honestly. Like we go there, it's a two-hour lesson. It feels like it goes by quickly, but I don't feel like I come out of it any better as a writer. If anything, I feel more distracted from my own writing because... So, 
there is a sense of wanting to be in a certain space when you want to write that isn't distracted so that you can just be in that writing, you know? And when I wake up on Wednesday morning knowing that I have a workshop class at some point, it makes it difficult to write because, like, the writing energy is waiting for that. Even though, like, if we're giving ex given exercises to do or anything like that, I end up like doing really well because I don't limit myself from what I can create and I just create it and I write whatever and I feel like <laughs> I've had this thought more than once while doing the workshops is that I should be giving writing workshops like for sure you know? uh, but definitely like after I publish something myself one, one or two, three books and then I can be like okay let's because like I feel like I can, because like I'm always figuring out my process, right? And I think that that's one of the bigger lessons for any writer, you know, be figuring out your process, always find your voice and be okay with that voice and be in that voice through the words on the page and the pen that you're holding. And, you know, it took me time, like anyone who's listened to this, who's, you know, going through it uh, to write my biography or to blackmail me, you know, either or, it's no middle ground, yeah, like, I, I did six months of writing with Johannes for, for understanding intelligence once, and then another six months, just doing 3,000 words a week, and that helped me a lot, you know, like, I was actually sitting down and I was writing, so now I'm, I find myself in that space, like, not so rarely, actually, where I sit down and write, and now I'm writing by hand, and there's no... I try not to hold myself back from writing, you know? Because, like, when I was doing those six months, it was always mostly using an application that deletes anything that you wrote if you stop writing for five seconds, so... Uh, yeah, that was that. Yeah, I just need human contact and something different that would happen. You know, I need something different. But it's funny, like, because, like, when you feel in a good state, you feel like you're not going to get out of that good state, right? And you feel... Like, you don't need anything, and you won't need anything even later on. But then later on comes, and then you need socializing with people or something fun to do. Even though I don't need it, and I'd prefer to not care about seeing anyone, to not care that I've been in my room this entire time, and just sit down in my room and write right now and finish Verna. Like, that's how I feel, and that that should be the case. But at the same time, I can understand that... I, I need novelty, I need interesting conversation. The feminine, just to like be in the fucking same room as a, as a girl I find I can respect, you know, and that I can grow to admire. Like the more and more I, I'm interacting with, with women and people, the less I'm interested in women or people. <laughs> like, like uh, especially recently, man, like I've been in a state where I'm like, how rare is it for me to actually see a girl and think like, wow, you know, this is a girl I want to actually be with.
I don't get that at all. Like, I can see a nice girl and think to myself, like, I could, you know, try to get to know her. Um, but, like, to see someone that reflects me properly back and my respect for myself has grown a lot, you know, knowing that I'm writing and doing and and understanding and, and being mature about myself and, and approaching life the way I'm approaching it. I don't think it's such a... I don't think it's uh, like why not feel good about my approach to life and the fact that I see life the way that I do and I try to approach it the way that I do, which isn't that common. You know, it's not the most common approach, but I've you know I have people around me that see it in somewhat of a similar way and they're kind, good people that are approaching it the way they do, and I try to fill my life with that honesty. And I try to move forward as a good good force, you know, understanding, uh, pleasant, going around, you know, like uh, spreading. But so, you know, there is there is a selflessness to being and there is a selfishness to being that we have to balance. And it's up to you to figure out how selfless and selfish you want to be at what points and how and all of that because you're human and you're living and it's a process and you know, slowly dying until you're old and you can't move almost barely at all. So I had an interview this week that was interesting. It's called Certificon Company. And usually usually interviews like I could say this now because I haven't signed a confidentiality agreement or anything, you know. Like with my previous company. I wasn't talking about the company during while I was working there because, you know, uh, I signed something that says I can't talk about what the fuck is happening in this company, really. So uh, I joined the interview, and like this, uh, like really cute woman, uh, like red, red orange hair that seemed natural, and you know, blue eyes and slight freckles on her face was talking to me. I was like, all right, let's have this interview. I didn't even want to have it, to be honest. You know, <laughs> I really didn't even want to have the interview. Because I was applying uh, to government benefits to get into a boot camp for free and do the boot camp for two months and train and design and user experience, which I think I'd like, you know. But I was like, you know, the interviews here. I I was I was actually the interview was at 1:30 and at like 1:15. I was almost done with sending the, all the documents that I needed to digitally to the to the place that I need to send it, and which actually wasn't as difficult as I originally thought it was. I literally had everything, scanned it and sent it, filled the form and everything. And then before sending everything out, I was like, you know what, let's do this interview. I went in, and this woman told me. By the way, uh, the CEO is coming in uh, any second now. I was like, what the fuck? You know, like, I, I just came out of a series of interviews the last three weeks where I, after every interview, almost felt like I was nothing, you know? Like, I, I know my worth. I go in and I talk. I, I realize that, you know, something that held me back at Everphone and previously was the fact that I thought that working in business was... Like, working is the norm. It is actually the norm. You know, until you get to it, you might feel like it isn't. 
which I definitely felt. And I didn't know how I provide value or how I can provide value best. How people were providing value at my previous company was a lot through just, you know, communicating, talking, pointing out things and trying to fix them. And I realized like what like I'm I'm a good communicator, I'm attentive and I can bring up things that are important in, in a right way. So I started using that actually, you know, like I think I have a good amount of verbal intelligence. You know, I can't deny myself that. I I'm learning French now, fifth language, and today I had a dream where, where like I woke up, like my eyes were open and I was thinking like words were moving through my mind and I was thinking or telling myself even out loud, ah, grab a pen, let's write these down. And then I was actually, I actually had the belief that these things that I was, was seeing in my mind were being written down, which is a fucking weird feeling because I woke up and I was like, what? <laughs> uh, nothing, nothing's written down anywhere, man. I was just in bed, you know, <laughs> looking at, at the lamp next to me and like the Kindle that I was reading from before I fell asleep. But like when I woke up and I was talking to myself, I was like throwing in my perception of what French was. I don't know if I said anything uh, legible or tangible. I don't know. And uh, and then I went back to bed. So so that's like weird. But like I can I can think to myself that I have a good sense of, of uh, verbal skills. You know, like I I'm good with languages. I write a lot. I'm good at making a point, I'm good at presenting, I'm good at all of, those, all of those things. So when I'm talking in interviews, I just bring up, you know, this is the job you need me to do, this is what you said, this is what I'm good at, this is what I can do, blah, blah, blah. Like, just like really actually talking about the talking points, and uh, like making the points clear. And if you don't have, if you can't fill that picture, you ask about it, and it's a very normal task. So I had, had a couple of good interviews, some that were like, you know, they just want someone to fill in a position. They want to pay them shit, and they they want them to be okay with it and do a good job. And that person has to go there every day, and they have to like bust their ass off every day trying to prove to everyone that they're doing something, as if that's going to get them further in life. But it's just like as soon as they don't need to, they're gonna discard you. There's nothing more to that. That's all. Uh so in this interview, like it's the first interview and you have the CEO of this company who has a hundred employees uh, in the call with me. So I'm like, interesting, you know, okay, cool. Let's talk to him very casually. I even like smart, like I was, I had the biggest grin on my face when, when he was, was in there because I was just like, it's such a novel situation. It's never happened. And the novelty actually makes me feel nice. You know, I like when I'm in a new situation sometimes and you deal with it. So I smiled, I took my jacket off, I was wearing like a black hoodie, and then I was wearing my glasses, obviously, and I was talking in German, you know, explaining stuff, like what I did and what I went through and everything. And I spoke actually very articulately, very well. I liked it. And they liked it too, asked me questions. We talked for like 40 minutes, and he asked me if I smoke. <laughs> yeah, I told him no, obviously. He asked me a couple of other questions, like how I actually like to go through my workday and everything. And they really liked me. Like at the end of the call, he's like, he nodded and he's like, okay, we're going to move forward with this. Uh, very casually, you know, even though like 
you know, HR didn't completely sign off on it. Usually, like, they talk about it afterwards and then let you know. Uh, I'm like, yeah, w when would you particularly maybe, when would you need me to work and stuff like that? And he's like, yeah, uh, like, we still have a few hours left in, in today's uh, work day. It was like 2 p.m. by then. So I was like, I looked at my watch. I'm like, yeah, I'm on my way. Uh, the office is actually very, very close to my house. So that's cool. So it would really just be work, you know, like I would really go and work like properly, really, which I think is cool as a concept. And yeah, yeah, it went really well. She's, I sent her an email afterwards asking her a couple of things. She sent me an email today telling me she wants me to come to the office next week to like just spend an hour and a half in the building uh, shadowing and seeing and like they wanted me to present something about the project how I would present you know they want to see how I present and they wanted me to write like a product description that's meant to be read by customers to help them make a decision to buy something or not I don't know how I'm going to go about that but like I'm going through two paths because I sent my application to the government and I want to see if I get you know the funding for the boot camp because honestly like even even if that's the case even if you know like i could get this job and a part of me really wants it like right now walking around the circle that's close to my house behind my house i think i'd prefer to do the boot camp still have some pre-work to do and only have like 10 days to do it but i think i'd really prefer to do the boot camp then be thrown into work right now uh, maybe that's a part of laziness maybe that's a part of fear I don't think it is uh, it's like an expensive boot camp you know and they teach you a lot in two months and it's things that I think are very valuable in life in general um, but also like this company just seems cool to work out like a work at it's like a real company it's a real fucking company it's a real it's a real because like this guy was telling me about how he had didn't get investors when he started the company in like 2004 and he had to like build it by himself and every employee and everything the company has bought has bought has bought through its own money he owns it by himself so i i really i was like i was smiling like genuinely like really from my heart and being and telling him, like, man, like, I, I really respect that. You know, it's not usually the case. He asked me about my previous experience at Rocket, and I was like, yeah, I've been off in a mensch. I'm an open person. And I really felt like people at Rocket were too self-absorbed in their own shit, you know? And he nodded his head in approval and agreed. <laughs> so it would be cool to work there. I think it would just be nice to make money, you know, not dependent on the government in any way. Uh, it would be nice to have, you know, like a salary coming in where I know that I can spend this money on something I like or like go have lunches and places and have dinners with people and it being all right and, you know, scheduling myself in a way where I can write daily or whatever and being able to, and being able to know if I'm going to extend my visa, you know, because, like, there's that other issue, which is, 
I have my visa in Germany valid till the 30th, 29th of March, end of March, and if I have a, like if I have a job by March, basically, I can extend my visa on that job. I don't know how much money I need to make, but uh, <sighs> but that's the case, you know. And if I have a job now, let's say. They wouldn't fire me within the first month or the second month, you know. And uh, like I do have this fear of going into a position and then feeling like my brain doesn't know what to do anymore with it and not knowing how to think about it. So when I'm writing, so there is a flow to it. There's me thinking like, is it better if it's this or that? And, and like when I sleep, my mind processes words again and restructures sentences and stuff. Which is a solid thing, I think, you know, it's a, it's, it's a, my brain naturally does this. But there's things that my brain doesn't naturally do and doesn't like doing them. And I have a fear of feeling that fog like I did in Everphone too, you know, like in Everphone. I felt a fog always of what Philip will tell me to do or not to do, stuff like that. So, uh, it is what it is. I think I'm just going to go have lunch somewhere right now. And, you know, sit and eat. Uh, yeah, let's see. I'm going to go to the office. I'm going to go see the building uh, next Thursday. She invited me on Wednesday, but I'm going to tell her I'm going to go on Thursday. And Yeah, rest, one more thing. Yesterday in the deep breathing workshop, which I really actually enjoy a lot, like a lot, actually genuinely enjoy it because like you're reading something very slowly and reading it over and over and over again and you just keep extracting meaning and discussing it with other people and I just like rolled the joint in the middle of class <laughs> having it online on zoom and then I smoked it so we were like six people and I don't think anyone minded if anything like I was making the discussion more interesting but it, it is it is a nice thing I think it's a cool it's a cool thing, but I don't have it in my mind to do homework for, for the workshops or anything. But I do want to write something that will... I wrote the first chapter of Blink Twice, actually, and submitted it to the fiction workshop. And I particularly liked it. Like, I wrote, let's say, most of it, 60% of that chapter, on a whim. Half. <laughs> and I... I I, because the point is, is that, you know, one of the guys is paralyzed and the other one is, you know, coming to visit him. So paralyzed people can't talk, you know, he's fully paralyzed. So, but still they're having dialogue, you know, you're seeing it through the paralyzed guy's perspective. And I think I did a fucking great job of, of making it seem natural, the way they're talking with each other, but actually... There's only one person really talking, you know, the entire time. And usually I wouldn't say that in the first chapter, you know. I wouldn't say that in the first chapter and have people figure it out slowly later on. But because I was just submitting one chapter to the workshop, she asked us to send like between 2,000 to 2,500 words. What was that? 2,300 words, 2,200 actually didn't count it till I was done. 
this luckily turned out in that range. And I, at the end, you know, mentioned like in a slick line is that, you know, uh, the one who can't stop moving and the one who can't move at all. Mad man and a cripple. Is that what we are? So I'm happy about that. Like, it didn't turn out too bad. I want to continue it. Let's see what happens. But I do have, like, an utmost belief. Like, if I keep pursuing the way I'm pursuing, I cannot be far from success. But I do also really, really want to live in a nice apartment by myself. Not a fucking shitty small-ass apartment, but a nice-ass apartment. If I find a job in January... I'm gonna be fucked. Take the job, make the money. Take the job and make the money. Yeah, I still have another application ongoing. Don't get back to me. But yeah, let's see. I really like the barefoot shoes. Not technically barefoot, but you know, much closer to the ground. Been wearing them for like two weeks now, and I feel like my feet have been have become something different. You know, I wore the normal shoes that I have now that I used to wear beforehand. And I was like, what the fuck? Like now I feel closer, more present, more aware, more ready to react somehow. They're also like, like your center of gravity is lower, so it's harder for you to fall. Glad I got this recorded. I'm going to spend the next week hustling. I need to finish the pre-work and I need to finish work for this job that they might hire me for. Now I want to go have good food. A little peace, everyone.